Welcome to our Grandparents' Teachings, a storytelling program hosted by Chuck Miller in collaboration with the Sitka Tribe of Alaska, Art Change, and KCAW. This storytelling program will help keep Clinkett stories alive through community education. Join us the first Tuesday of every month from 7 to 8 p.m. as we celebrate the rich cultural heritage of this land. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our show, Our Grandparents' Teachings. This episode, we're going to be focusing on after the harvest. After our summer time was over of harvesting from traditional times, our people focused more on the storytelling of our traditional Tlingit legends, Yechtagu, raven legends, origin stories, history and uh, clan lineage. So, but this episode, we're going to be focusing more on our, our origin stories and uh, traditional legends. So we hope that you enjoy what we have to share with you today. Uh, for listening to our grandparents' teachings. The next songs that we'll, you'll be hearing are old recordings that were done in the early 1970s with Charlie Joseph Sr., his wife, Annie Joseph, my late grandmother, Elizabeth Basco, and the late uh, my aunt, uh, Annie Dick. These were the first elder instructors at the Sikha Native Education Program and recorded all these songs so that our culture would not die and that our young people's heads would be lifted high so that we could continue and perpetuate our culture. The first song that you're going to hear, it belongs to Kix Adi. Uh, they, they own the song, they have every right to the song, and we acknowledge who owns these songs. This is a song that was composed by their ancestor, Shkawishyech. Right. Yeah. 
Our next recording is a very special recording from our Sikha Native Education Program archives. It is Kash Atk, Charlie Joseph Sr. Uh, of the Kagwantong clan, uh, one of our main mentors of the program. He is going to be sharing with all of you a story in the English language, which is very rare for Grandpa Charlie to speak English. He was a fluent speaker of our Tlingit language and very rarely spoke English. But he explains to us one of our beautiful origin stories, one of the very first stories that was told to young people in ancient days. This is uh, how Raven releases daylight into the sky. I hope that you enjoy. It started this way. The raven went the first corn around the world. That's what they say. That's what I'm going to tell a story about it. There was a new daylight. It was in dark when they're going around. In one place, he came to a people where they're staying in the darkness, in the dark. They were fishing up in the river. It's not with the lines, but it's the dipnets, what they call tika in our language. They dip it. They say, oh, oh, and the raven decided to come, to ask to come ashore and take him up. Says, come and take me up. Nobody pay no attention to him. He just keep on saying, oh, in the dark. But he can't see it. He just heard a voice. <clears throat> and then lately, he decided to say, I might break a daylight on you folks. And he said it after he asked again, come and get me up, take me up. I might break a daylight on you folks. And say, what a baby from my last to have a daylight. Then he got it in his mind. He doesn't know the raven himself where the daylight is. But those people called it where it was. Then he started to go there. Might be he took an airplane to get there. <laughs> ah. 
And when he got there, sure enough, there's a house just there. There's a few people there. Well, that was in dark. Can hardly see nothing. And he looked through the hole in the house. He sealed the people in there. There's a young girl in there too. And all the slaves and that girl's father. And he decided to make wishes. He wishing to be a thirsty, to ask for water or something like that. And then lately, he told his daddy, Daddy, I'm hungry for water. My daughter, he told his slaves, take that basket and bring the wa water up. So they did. And when they walked out, the raven himself put him in the dirt some kind of a dirt, put himself in it. And he gets up right on top of the door. They bring that basket in, and when they're going into the house, he drops himself into that basket with the water. When they brought him in, That big shot that the girl's father says, put a light up on on the top, take a look at it, see if there's anything in it. So they put a pitch in the fire. It's, just, it's the old time flashlight. It gives you good light when it's burning. And uh, took him up, look around there, uh, sure to, they got a dirt in it. That was frozen in there. Got a dirt, dirt is frozen in there. It's no good. Throw them out. So they did. They threw that water out. Told his slave, take the wooden cane and bring the water in with. So they took that cane, wooden cane, that has four corners. And then he put himself in what we call it, I don't know how to, how to call those, kitka. That were from a hemlock, little pills sticking out in the branches. That's what he put himself into it. He gets up on top of the door again, stay up there. Then when they blend it in, he drop himself into it.
He put himself right in the corner, the, the cane, the wooden cane, right in the corner of it, so nobody don't see him. Told him again, put the light up on it, see if there's anything in it. Put the light up on it. They say, it's nothing in it. Okay, good. They give it to them. They got new cup, nothing. They just put it, they used the bucket to put it right up against his face and drink it out of the can. That's about the first or second swallow, I guess he kicked himself into, into the mouth of the mama, the girl. The girl says, I swallowed the dirt. Take that out. And trying to cure it. Put something be under, under him. All just water coming out. And lately they give up. Might be the raven himself holding something <laughs> else down there, I guess. And then it start, lately, that girl started growing his belly out, getting bigger all the time, every month. Lately, start feeling moving around already in her. Then it comes to a time to let him out. As they told his daddy, everything what they did is for us. He does that. And in our lives, we're doing the same thing. They put a shed outside that little house, like, and dug a hole in there, so big. Just so that girl can sit, hold him on the top of it. In the old times, the only way they used to have a baby, right up on the, on the holes. They never put them down on a, on a bit like the way they, they're having the babies now. They used to make him sit down on that. And that girl be suffering, been suffering so much, but the baby never show up. And instead he told his slaves, go and get that old lady. Boy, is that, he never show up. So that slave went down to get that old lady. We call it Sudojikishanak. That's how they call it. He came around there. He says, they got all nothing but furs. Fox, some wolf real, 
and uh, Martin Skins Nat Holder, where he's gonna, where he's gonna bury. Born. And then they, they told the old lady, told them to take all the furs out. Put the march in that hole. So they did put all the march in there. Just as soon as they put them out on that top of the hole, that baby would show up, the raven. Start crying. And that old lady called, Blend my grandchild. Let me take a look at him. So they gave it to her. My grandchild, he just looked like a raven's eyes, she says. Looked like a raven's eyes. I guess, <laughs> I guess he's, it's pretty mad, I guess, when the, when the old lady was saying that. Just trying to get the daylight. That's what he was trying to do. And then they decided start, came home with, he started growing up pretty fast. Worse than dog growing up. Just a few months, he started to crawl around the floor already. But those things, what they got in there, they had it up on the wall way up there, tied them together. Just like a barrel like. And then he started, he began to start to cry for that. I think it was the stars first. Oh, crying and crying. Never stopped crying. They're doing everything to him, but he can't stop it. Then his grandpa says, Tie the mouth, give it to him. He might die crying, my grandson. So they didn't let him have one. Oh, he had a lot of fun. Rolling around the floor, all over. And then when he, he knew that nobody was watching him, he rolled outside and it opened it out there. Stars, it all goes up in the air. Stars and all over. And then he was just quiet for quite a while and then literally he starts crying for the other one. Asking for. Crying and crying, can't stop him. And then he decided 
his grandpa says, give it to him. He might cry, die crying, my grandson, give it to him. So they give it to him. He did the same thing as what he did to the other one, rolling around. But the stars is up already. And when nobody watching it, he rolls it out again and opens it. The moon went up. It's already up. So, he shut off for quite a while. Then he shut off for the daylight, crying for it. For quite a while he cried, he really mentioned daylight. Kia, kia. He used his hand like that. Give it to him. And then he decided again. Oh, sometimes it's just like he's dead. He fell right on the floor. Just hardly breathed. That's the same he called for it. Then his grandpa says, give it to him. He might die crying. So they give it to him. Roll it around. Oh, he knew it's daylight. That's the daylight now. He knows it. They used to have a smoke holes up in the middle of the the house open up up the top. The smoke goes right throughout. And he decided to fly up there with it. So when he got a hold of it, then he start frying up. Ah. Up in the hole. Says Maybe say son of a bitch again. Achati, my, he says, the old dead man. My, lost them all up. Wasted it. Achati, we eat the cartel. He is critical. Then he goes right to the place where he met the people. They were fishing in the river. When he got there, they didn't day yet. He heard it again. Here and there like that, all over. And then he decided to say again, come, and, come ashore and take me up. No pain near attention again. So twice he said, and then he decided to say the same thing again. 
I might break a daylight on you folks. It'll tell, tell them the same thing. What a baby from last to half a daylight. And then he opens a little bit. It caves out. Not much. And that's, then they say, the people say, go show and get him up. Don't go and He opens it right out. Comes the daylight. And all those people they were fishing up there, what they got on, they turned into it. Some are from the woods, some are from in the water. They run in the water and they, they belong to them. Some ones who went up the woods, it's, it's begin to be it. Bear all those things. All the deer, mountain goats, and everything. That's what it's turned to. And then he decided to go up east, this way. And for so far he went, he find The next song that you're going to hear was composed by the Kaguantan, the wolf tribe here in Sitka. It's a, a song that was used uh, for a wedding. And from a little bit of the history I know of it, uh, when the Haida woman that was going to marry into the Kaguantan, uh, she was high, of high caste nobility, and so was the, the man that was going to be married to her. Uh, as a sign of wealth, they put copper tenaz, these very big, large copper shields, which were uh, used as money for our people long ago, and they placed them on the beach when she was going to get out of the canoe. There were seven of those copper tenaz on the ground, and they sang this song as she was walking across it to meet her future husband. This was composed by their ancestor of the Kaguantan, Tin, Hey, you are. 
everyone for listening to Hatlil Kohas Ha'it Awatli Tu'at, our grandparents' teachings. Today we have a special guest in our studios, Mr. Bob Sam, who I had the pleasure of working with in the early 90s through Sea Alaska Heritage Institute with the Nakahidi Theater, and we traveled the world. And uh, we are very fortunate to be able to share our Tlingit legends and stories with people around the world. And Bob's done this for many, many years, and he still continues to do storytelling. So we're very pleased that he's able to be here and share a few stories with all of us today. And his Tlingit name is Shaganasta. He's Tlingedi, dog salmon tribe from Ak Bay, and his child of the Kaguantan, the wolf tribe. Welcome, Bob. Ganastish. It's an honor to to be here today to share a story with you. I've been a storyteller for well over 30 years now, and I had the, the privilege of starting early at a time when storytelling was almost disappear. But fortunately, the elders recognized the importance of bringing it back and reviving storytelling. This story is one that I've been working on for a couple of years now. And as a long-time storyteller, I was trained to do stories of raven anthology, of raven bringing the sun, moon, and stars, bringing spirit, uh, water. Uh, but one thing I've always wondered is, what happened to raven? Once, there was a very rich man. He was the richest man in the whole world. He was so rich, he wanted to build the most beautiful house in the whole world. It was to be the biggest house you will ever see. And in this house, you will see the most beautiful artwork, house posts, house screens, the most beautiful art done by the masters. When he finished this house, he invited people from all over the world. Word spread everywhere. Even the animal people heard about this house. Suddenly, 
late at night. Everyone asleep. A door slowly opens. In comes a giant of a man who heard about this house and wanted to see the art. He didn't care about anything else. All he wanted was to see this house. The rich man of the house suddenly woke up. He could feel something. And he went out and he looked. He could see the back of the giant and he said, What do you want? The giant didn't turn around. All he did was go rump and walked out the door and walked into the forest. The next morning, the rich man brought all the people together and told them about the giant and to prepare themselves. In those days, the rich man was so rich, he had a rifle. He was so rich that he had six bullets for that rifle. He told the warriors to prepare themselves and hide inside the house. The next night, late at night, everyone asleep, a door slowly opens. In comes the giant. He came back to look at the artwork. He didn't care about anything else. A warrior was watching. He picked up the rifle and he looked at the giant, but he felt fear and he died. The next warrior picked up the rifle and he looked and he felt fear and he died. The next warrior picked up that rifle and he looked and died. The last warrior picked up the rifle, but did not look. He turned his head away from the giant 
and he shot those bullets six times. Bam! 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 All six bullets went into the giant, into the chest. The giant looked at his chest, looking down. All he did was go crump, walked out the door, walked into the forest, never to be seen again. Time passes, the world changes, the people begin to forget who they are. Every night, the people would gamble. They became poor. Among these people, there was a young man. Every night, he would gamble. Every night, he would lose. He lost his house. He lost his possessions. He lost everything he owned, even his wife and children, everything. He became poor, sad hungry. He walks into the forest, walks over a hill, and another, and another, walks up a mountain, and another mountain. Finally, he comes to a large prairie with tall grass. There is a path leading into this prairie. It goes into a circle slowly and slowly into the center. And in this center, there was a small hut. The young man walks up to this hut, walks up to the door. There is a small hole, and he looks in. He could see the giant of a man with his back turned to him, and the giant can feel him. And the giant said, Come on in.
come on in, take a rest, have some food. So the young man came in and sat down and began to eat. The giant asked the young man, do you know Raven? Yes, I know Raven. I am Raven, said the giant. Looking at his chest, I don't know how much time I have. I have something to show you. Come on outside. So they went outside. And the giant was pointing at the mountains. You see those mountains? All my food, everything is provided for me. Hushaganya brought me here to provide for me. My time is coming. I'm going to prepare something for you. Inside the house, there were two puppies. The giant called to them. When they came out the door, they turned into mountain lions. And the giant told them, go up into the mountains, gather all the food, the bear, the deer, the plants, the grease, the oil, and bring it to me. So the mountain lions went up, brought all the food to the giant. And the giant said, I'm going to prepare this for you. Take it back to your village. But the young man said, I'm lost. I can't find my way back. And the giant said, I'll fix it for you. And the giant grabbed a stick. And he picked up the meat, the bear. 
and he squeezed it into the stick. And the grease. And he squeezed it into the stick. And the deer. And he squeezed it into the stick. All the oil, all the fish, the plants, he squeezed it into the stick. Even the ancient wisdom and the knowledge, he squeezed it into the stick. And he handed it over to the young man. Take it back to the people. Follow the stick. Don't look off to the side. Don't look behind you. If you look off to the side and behind you, you will die. Follow the stick and pray. So the young man followed the stick and prayed. He did not look off to the side. He did not look behind him. But he could hear something. Danger. The path when he prayed. Something wonderful happened. It was like he went straight into the forest. And the trees moved off to the side. And he went up to the mountains. And the mountains moved off to the side. And he went straight to his village. And he prayed. Oh, oh.
The young man went straight to his village, overlooking the village. He could see the people. They were hungry. They forgot who they were. They were poor. So the young man took the stick, placed it by a tree, and walked down to the village. Walked to his uncle's house. He told his uncle about Raven. The uncle brought all the people together, told them about the giant, about the mountain lions, about the food, about the stick, The uncle told the warriors to go up to that tree and get the stick. So they went up and they grabbed the stick, but they couldn't move it. Nobody could. Only the young man can move it. So the young man went up, grabbed the stick, and took it back to the village, placed it in front of his uncle. Suddenly, the bear, the grease, the deer, the fish, All the grease and the oil came out of the stick. Even the ancient wisdom and knowledge of the ancient people came out of the stick. And the healing plants spread everywhere. And the people, they begin to remember. And they begin to dance and sing and pick up the drum and chant and pray and dance. And they remembered where their food came from, and they prayed for their food. Today, our culture is so precious. 
It is like an outer shell. It is so sacred that when a young chick is born, they don't just throw that shell away. They put it in a special place. So this story is an outer shell, special, so that we could live. Ganeshtish, Ganeshtish, thank you. Ganeshtish, Ishkathniki, for your story, is very transcending. Thanks for joining us to learn from our grandparents' teachings. Stay tuned next month to join for more stories, songs, and traditional ways of living. If you would like to hear previous episodes, search our grandparents' teachings, anywhere you find podcasts. If you have a story you would like to share, please reach out at storytelling at kcaw.org. We'd love to hear from you. Technical support for this show was made possible in part with funding from the Rasmussen Foundation, administered by the Alaska State Council of the Arts, Art Change, Inc., and the Sitka Tribe of Alaska. <laughs>